0: Seven is not exactly positive. I think a better way to think about it, or at least how I think about it is, it's like I'm, I am more have an issue with metabolizing negativity, right? And what that, what that causes is like, you basically just procrastinate darkness. You're trying to reframe constantly what's going on um, in your life or like in the world or whatever. And that takes up a lot of energy um, and it does cause anxiety. And it does cause you to whatever that's when the skimming like comes into play
1: welcome to another episode of what it's like to be you my name is josh Levine, your host this is a show where i interview people about their experience as their enneagram type today my guest is ikram ali she is a type 7 who does community work and works also in local politics and i want to set this conversation up by framing it in terms of what we sometimes call in the enneagram the harmonic groups so The harmonic groups are three groups of three, just like there always are in the Enneagram. We have the emotional realness triad, the competence triad, and the positive outlook triad. Seven is a positive outlook type, but let's start with the emotional realness triad. So we have the four, six, and eight emotional realness, which have a psychological need to look under the surface of things, to call it like they see it, to quote unquote, be real. And they want to also be met by a certain kind of realness in you. That's what's... Settles their own nervous system. We have the competence types, the one, three, and five, which have a psychological need to be quote unquote sober, objective, reasonable, to diagnose cleanly situations and come up with solutions. And we also have the positive aleck types, which have a psychological need to, you might say, look on the bright side of something or hold in their head the positive vision of something or the light at the end of the tunnel. So that's the two, nine, and seven. And you can think of the harmonic triads as. The ways that we approach conflict and difficulty in our lives and our relationships i love these conversations that contradict stereotypes that we have of the enneagram types and this conversation really did that for me in part because we focused a lot on negativity itself and there was a big part of the conversation we talked about a time in which ikram was depressed and how she worked through that depression and how in a sense it inspired and informed a huge part of her professional trajectory. And we also talk about aspects of the Enneagram that are dark and expose the shadow side of things and how she approaches and deals with that. And in the context of all that, just how she holds negativity, how she experiences negativity and and experiences being a seven in the context of seeing a lot of negativity in her world. I really, really enjoy this conversation and I uh, respect Ikram a lot for her capacity in real time to go into the territory that we went in this conversation. So without further ado, please welcome my new friend Ikram. Welcome everyone to another interview. I am really excited to be with my new friend Ikram today. Ikram is a social sexual seven, uh, seven with a six wing and trifix seven, nine, three. So um, hello, Ikram. how are you?
0: Hey, what's going on? <laughs>
1: Good. Um, let's start with can you share with us your Enneagram origin story? And I know that you kind of got into it via personality typing from a whole different other system. So just how did you get into personality typing in general? And then how did you find the Enneagram?
0: Um, It's a long story. Um, I think I've always just been very interested in archetypes. Um, I wonder if that's a head type thing, just like finding safety in concepts. So I was really into astrology as like a little kid and, um, I would read like all the Cosmo magazines and whatever I'm a cancer, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but obviously like I, I, I didn't really like ever understand it fully. So that was to the side of whatever. And then I got into, um, like palm reading, I got into everything, you know, anything that would like help me kind of understand people, but nothing ever really quite fit. And then I think in high school, I found MBTI, got into that, that didn't quite fit, whatever. I, I couldn't really figure it out. And then randomly, I think I was, must've been like 20, 21. Um, I mm-hmm. was like watching a YouTuber and then they mentioned the Enneagram and they linked a podcast. Um, I think they li- they linked like Ian Cron's podcast. Um, okay. I know <laughs> the Enneagrammer guys are like not the biggest fans of him, but I I did like, I went through the entire thing. Um, yep. Found it really That's, interesting, uh-huh. um, the reason I was so interested in personality type is I was actually t- trying to figure out my entire family, like especially my mom, who's like this enigma to me. You know, she's a very like powerful person, but really sweet, and also kind of mean and whatever. And then I remember when I um, really like bought into the Enneagram is when they did the description of eight. And I was like, that's my freaking mom! Like, holy shit! <laughs> and um, yeah, but I can never really land um, for my type. Um, and then. Fast forward years later, um, I I just stumbled onto the Facebook group um, for New Grammar, and then that's when everything clicked for me.
1: Um, it, this could be the lens that I'm bringing to this conversation, just because I have a preconceived idea of seven. But mm-hmm. I am tuning into this word, like, stumbling onto, or, the, like, the way that you kind of dabbled in astrology and MBTI, and then you found the Enneagram, and it's kind of like it sounds like you kind of taste tested a bunch of different things and then.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Well, now that you put yeah. It out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just wildly interesting. You know, everyone knows that people are fucking weird. Um, and I never really understood exactly why we are the way we are. And I, yeah, it's just been like um, something that's always been worrying in the background, like, what the fuck is I find people very beautiful and fascinating. Um, and Uh complex Um, and I know a lot of people find themselves really boring um, which is interesting to me because I I I feel like even the boring people are fucking really interesting in their boringness so yeah I guess I I definitely dabbled um, because I also have this thing where like just things sometimes click for me and nothing was really clicking Um, but I knew that there was something there so yeah um I kind of landed on the indie grammar and I'm kind of staying here and this other system OPS, because I feel like those yeah. two things like I can tell that they're legit. Um, yeah
2: uh-huh
1: so how deep have you gone, and like where are you at with the with either either of those systems or both of them and and your own journey in understanding what typology is?
0: Um, So when I did my initial deep dive on the Enneagram, I actually did go pretty intense. I think I read every freaking published book I could find, you know, in my city. Um, And I read, I listened to all the podcasts and all that. Um,
1: On on OPS or the Enneagram?
0: The Enneagram. OPS, it doesn't really have anything published. I see. Okay, got it. Um, But since... So it really
1: really captured you. That's... I find that interesting. Yeah, really. I,
0: I thought about yeah. flying out to this huge meetup in Italy. Uh, that big con- conference, like the E, the IEA, whatever. I'm probably yeah. forgetting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It did. It did really capture my attention. Oh, the other thing is my friend, my best friend in the freaking world, is this really crazy, unique human being. And I noticed that like the first day I ever met her, I think I we met in social studies class, and she gave a speech, whatever. She was really, really quiet. Never talks. Like whatever. But um, Mm -hmm. she gave the speech and it was so freaking, so freaking fascinating, so beautiful. And I knew that her brain worked in a way that I've never seen before. Like, like I've never seen somebody so fucking intelligent, smart, whatever. And also, like, very differentiated. Um, And so, yeah, after getting to the Enneagram, seeing my mom's an eight, I I realized she's a five. And that, like, that also was a huge thing. And she's, she got typed um, in Enneagrammer as well. And she's like a five, four, one. So Uh yeah, it's just, it makes me understand really complex people that I love a lot. And I think, I don't know if it's a head type thing. I'm, I'm almost positive. It's a head type thing, but I find like safety and concepts and being able to understand things. Um, and take it like, I don't know. It's just, I find it beautiful. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. There's a few things about just your journey with, typology itself that is interesting to me from the point of view of the seven, which is we think of the seven as well, some, some schools of thought call it the enthusiast. And there's the sense of, um, as I referred to before, taste testing and, you know, trying lots of different things, taking a sampling approach to life. Mm -hmm. And then there's this um, beautiful thing that happens with sevens when something really captures their full um, selves. Um, the seven lines to five is the capacity for sevens to focus on something which isn't like trying to put a straight out on myself and focus. That's really the seven line to one, but it's yeah. the sense of opening to a deeper curiosity that is compelling me towards something that feels beautiful and um, satiating and like to become saturated with this thing. And it feels to me like that's kind of what this, interest is for you. Like you read a lot of books, you've you're pretty deep into these communities. And um you become relatively fluent with the Enneagram relatively quickly, seems to me.
0: Yeah, um I would say so. Um satiated is a really good word, I think, Mm -hmm. because I don't know. The line to five is interesting and I don't know if I exactly get it, but I think I have an idea. Um Mm -hmm. I almost feel it more in my anxiety, you know what I mean? So it's like when, when I'm skimming and when I'm like whatever eating junk food and not being satiated, like obviously Uh the anxiety is up and it just feels like I'm doing shit to distract myself and just like masturbate mentally, you know, like it's not something that's, it's not something that's like necessarily going to change my freaking life or whatever, but it's like, it's like a very interesting distraction or like a thought exercise or whatever. Um, But The line to, I think, five or the satiating type of knowledge. I think that's shit that I think is going to actually. Can I swear here? Sorry. Don't ask.
1: (laughs) Yes, you tell. It's fine. (laughs) She she says 10 minutes into the interview after having dropped a bunch of swords. Yes, you (laughs) tell (laughs) again. Yes, (laughs) you tell again. It's fine.
0: Okay. Um... Um, oh my gosh. I don't know why I feel like I'm in a job interview. I'm like, okay, be good. Don't be a fucking trash <laughs> bag. Like, try to keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what was I saying? Um, we were talking about C-
1: Satiating. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, yeah, the, I, I guess the knowledge that I feel like you can kind of build on and actually use to navigate your life and see the world as it is without the positive spin to it, or it's not, I, I don't know if seven positivity is exactly positive, but it's like whimsical. It's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, this might be true. It might not be who the fuck cares. Like something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that the Enneagram is, Enneagram is kind of depressing. You know, if you really think about it, it's like not, it's like super <laughs> uh-huh. positive. It's, it's actually pretty horrifying. Um, I remember I thought I was a six. I, I thought, I kind of thought I was a seven. But I kind of didn't like when I joined Enneagrammer and like I saw all the Pinterest boards, I was like, oh, like from the vibes of these people, I'm somewhere in the six, seven area, Um, possibly I'm a nine. But when I got typed a seven, like, oh, God, like it was so horrifying because I was thinking that I'm probably a six. Um, Obviously, I'm a freaking anxious person. I think anyone can tell you that. Like, I'm, I'm like a little bit neurotic. But I'm like, oh, but I found a way to be, like, positive like positive and, like, get myself out of it and reframe and da-da-da. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like, that's my whole fucking gap. Like, that's my whole gig as a seven. Like, if you think about the Enneagram, uh, or at least the way I think about it, it's just, like, it's, like, life is terrifying and our type is just a coping mechanism um, for how we deal with the terror of, like, death, um, of things might not meaning anything or whatever. And it's, uh-huh. like, damn, like what I thought was transcendent, like I believed it's like a deep held belief. It's not just like, oh, like I like being positive. It's like a deep held belief that I should be um, enjoying my time here on earth or whatever. And I should like direct my consciousness in tw- like towards getting that, like
2: mm-hmm.
0: to figure out that that's kind of like, yeah, my neuroses, that, that was like um, nerve wracking. So I wouldn't say the Enneagram is exactly like a fun hobby. <laughs> it's like a kind of a horrifying one you know, if you think
1: about it too much. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I am really fascinated by this point you're bringing up that the Enneagram is depressing, but it also captures your fascination. And Yeah. Um,
0: because we're, well, if you think you're, about it, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I just want to frame just uh, in a basic pedagogy way. Like you're, we're talking about seven as a positive outlook type and mm-hmm. also as a head type, meaning as an anxious type. And um, and how how seven deals with the fundamental anxiety. And I'm curious to get into what your experience of anxiety is, and your description of yourself as an anxious person, and all that. That's interesting to me as well. But particularly this word "depressing" that you use, like the enneagram is a depressing system. You know, I mean, do you not think that's it's an interesting depressing?
2: interesting?
1: F- well, I think
2: <laughs>
1: I'm just <it's>, curious. Okay, <laughs> how, how, let me. How, how do I actually think about it? Let's see. How I think about it is. That it is um, it's really holding um in a beautiful way the polarity of our shadow and our gift. <clears throat> excuse me, and yes, it's depressing in the sense that I mean it kind of you know if you're not if you're not embarrassed or or you know horrified in a sense when you discover your type, you're kind of not doing it right in my opinion. Um, yeah, but also,
0: yeah,
1: but also there is the, um, you know, one of the, the, the over emphasis on shadow can be, well, that can be overdone either, either pole can be overdone in my opinion, but it's, That's it's just sure. interesting to me in this conversation that you're focusing on the depressing aspect of the Enneagram as a seven. Um, and so yeah. how do you place that or what's your yeah you got it. I don't know
0: yeah no it's okay (laughs) (laughs) um okay the way I see it at least for my type structure and I'm kind of seeing that with other people's you know it's like Uh we have this one we have this one goal right which is like like I really resonated oh my god that was such a terrible day the day that I listened to the object relations um podcast and they got to the point of seven and I was like yeah this really is my story this story of like I was deprived in life and like now it's up to me to make sure that I fucking finally like, you know, have my day, you know? Um, No one rain on my parade, whatever. I'm gonna nourish myself. Like, Mm -hmm. that's like a, that's not just like a, I don't know, it's not like this passing thought. Like that's like a core root of like my story and like my narrative going all the time. Um, I'm not gonna speak for all sevens. I'm just gonna try to speak for myself. I'm sure some people would disagree, but, um, so I find that, I find that really, really sad because you have that, right. But seven is a frustration type. Like I'm trying to be happy. Right. And seven is not exactly positive. I think a better way to think about it, or at least how I think about it is it's like, I'm, I more have an issue with metabolizing negativity. Right. And what that, what that causes is, like you basically just procrastinate darkness and all this shit and so it's like you're trying to you're trying to reframe constantly what's going on um in your life or like in the world or whatever and that takes up a lot of energy um and it does cause anxiety and it does cause you to whatever that's when the skimming like comes into play and stuff because it's just like if you're if you have all this like pain like built up like obviously yeah like Let me just try to stay above water. So it makes you like a kind of a nervous person, like whatever manic seeming or whatever, I don't know. Um, And like, if you're really into your personality, like if you're in your personality structure, like you will become a miserable person. Um, So I kind of see that with all the types, like you're actively working against your goal because you're so caught up in your personality structure and it makes me like sad for people. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um mm-hmm. you in our in our previous conversation, you used the phrase sevens are really well actually I'm not sure that you made this as a general statement about all sevens, but you said something like, um, I'm really a depressed person trying to stay up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or
1: something like that. Um and it struck me that like first of all, your use of the word depression um as, as a descriptor was almost itself lightly held but also i could feel a depth to it you know like there was something about the way that you said the word that was like whoa is that is that itself like a skimming over of something anyway my point is is that I, or actually is that true do you want to go there no
0: it's true no i I was just taking it in. i was just like you're right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i get that um yeah yeah I think it's just like, like you said, the shadow, right? You spend so much time trying to avoid or just being hypersensitive towards negativity. um, And I don't know, negativity is not the right word. Just like even being bored um, or being bland or whatever, not interesting, all that shit. You just have, Mm -hmm. like you said, a bunch of frustration. Yeah, like you're going to like that causes you to be kind of negative because you just sh- see all the shit that can be improved in your life or improved in your experience. Nothing's ever enough. Um, yeah. And you look at other people and you're also just like, OK, like I don't want to be like you <laughs> like you seem whatever more stable or more happy or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. you also just it, it's almost like you gave up in life. I don't know if that's a frustration type thing, but I'm like, oh, you fucking gave up, <laughs> like, you gave up on actually trying to like be happy. Um, I don't want to be like you or be interested. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so it's just like, that's a lot of negativity. And I do feel negative. Like I felt negative most of my life. But, uh, and that's why I never would have typed myself a seven when I was reading the old Enneagram books. But I know that from the outside, like a lot of people would say like I'm positive or happy or whatever. And I know that I also like to try to keep myself up. Like I have that, like, whatever quality to myself. Like, let's keep the mm-hmm. show rolling, baby, you know? But yeah, uh-huh. I wouldn't, I don't think internally I feel, you know, super positive. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's people who are definitely I, yeah. more miserable than me though.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, part of what I, just, I love about this part of the conversation is that mm-hmm. this just really digging into seven as a frustration type and mm-hmm. this word frustration, it's so obvious to me in the one and the four. And so, you know, ones are like, you can feel their frustration and they're trying to fix Mm -hmm. stuff. And for fours, you can definitely feel their frustration, you know, and they're Mm -hmm. doing their first, that's, they're identified so much with their frustration. But Mm -hmm. the seven has always done, been a little bit of like, eh, like, how does that exactly square? And I kind of get it cerebrally, but there's the sense that sevens aren't as much identified with their frustration or they're trying, like frustration itself is a form of negativity that sevens are trying to get away from and so there's a mm-hmm. it's like that's it's like both the engine that's driving me and also it's a thing that i'm trying to suppress beneath my consciousness yeah that's one way to frame it does that land for you or um
0: i think at times yeah, i on. actually had uh-huh. like a lot of pride with my frustration you know whatever um
1: uh-huh i
0: don't know <laughs> Just...
1: actually let me just let me uh say one other thing what mm-hmm. i just said might not be true from the point of view of you know suppressing my frustration is maybe more of a nine sensibility um mm-hmm. but there's certainly a re- there's certainly a response to frustration or like frustration exists internally my experience of sevens is that it exists internally as a kind of springboard. Or trampoline. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, it's you the know.
0: engine that keeps the whole thing going. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like whoop, frustration, bounce, and then off I go into, you know, looking up out to the horizon. You know, the the next thing that's gonna whatever do yes. the thing for me. Yes, that's a great yeah. that's a
0: great way to describe it. I I think frustration is kind of the engine um of 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 seven. It's why it's an assertive type, because um, mm-hmm. you're you're pushing yourself out into the world, and mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Um, I'll give like a small cultural reference, you know, for the viewers. Sure. but Like, if anybody has ever listened to like Kid Cuddy's like "Man on the Moon" whatever um, album, it's very depressing, um, and it starts really depressing. But towards like, an, so this Kid like Cuddy is seven. Kid Cudi is a seven. He's a seven yeah. wing six social sexual. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, got it.
0: So Kid Cuddy is a seven wing six, um, and his album "Man on the Moon." You can go through every song, and it start. It's like quite sad it's, he talks about like i don't know it's a lot of frustration it's a lot of sadness um but in every freaking like the end of each song there's some kind of or even in the music uh the instrumentals and stuff there's something like uplifting poignant, or whatever interesting about yeah. the tracks yeah and towards the very end of the album like it ends in, on a high note like i'm going to be better i'm going to be better like um like things are gonna get better. And that's the future orientation of seven. That's why I feel like it's not exactly it's like the positive like you're you're searching for positivity, but the positivity is always in the future. So all you get is frustration, you know? Um mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's kind of yeah, the sad part I think of the seven. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, I don't know yeah, being unsatisfied with what's going on right yeah. now.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, what gets you going? Like, and I'm bring. I guess I dropped that phrase here because when we talked last time. There was this. You were talking about how basically, like, what motivates you to do anything is the promise of something. The promise of fill in the blank. You know, like yeah, the, something better that yeah, yeah. The and the. What what Kid Cudi's songs are structurally doing is precisely that thing. It's like there is, you know, I'm describing my shitty circumstance, and I'm looking to the future, envisioning the possibility of something more amazing. And yes, yes. Um, And and the, the the promise of that then, is what. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You. you go, and it's like and it's
0: like he's describing his shitty circumstance, like. Um, he's so frustrated with his sh- shitty circumstance that he can't even really tell it the way it is. Like that's something that sixes are really good at, and I really admire them for. But it's like seven, seven, there has to be like some kind of like tilt or whatever. Um, if you if you listen to his music, it's like super imaginative or whatever. And he he talks about himself like almost a little bit detached, like he's a um, like he's a different character or whatever. He describes hmm. himself in third person in some songs and stuff. So it's like so frustrated that you can't even really look at the thing, you know? Um, yeah. Mm. And then the promise of good is, is, is in the future.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say one thing. I, part of, I, I'm just sort of amazed by our conversation so far from the point of view is that it's kind of negative, <laughs> you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, or, and, and I'm speaking to you a social sexual seven and so I, I like that from the point of view it's contradicting a stereotype. But also, um how are you feeling right now, I wonder. Um being kind of swimming in this negativity that we've put in front of us.
0: Um, this is how I always am. So <laughs> I think anybody who talks to me long enough knows that like I just talk about fuck, life is so trash, like fuck, like I don't know. Um huh. so yeah, I don't know. But
1: try to make but jokes also- it's
0: also just like you know life is trash yeah. a little bit but like i don't know there you also just get to live it and you you're gonna die one day nothing really fucking matters anyway um so it's fine uh-huh yeah yeah i feel like yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah
1: um what i also just i'll notice one other thing about you which is that there is a way that you hold this conversation with a somatic buoyancy. It's like, there's like, yeah, we're being negative, but it's, I don't get the sense that it's going to really bring you down. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it's maybe if I were talking to a four or a six or a nine or something like there'd be a more of a sense of like really resting or like moving into the, negativity and just like getting our hands dirty with all the muck but there's a there's just a different quality with you of it being a little more teflon do you know what i mean by that like
0: yeah yeah
1: like non-stick you know um yeah and that's just and I'm, re- I'm really just tuning into an energy it's not anything that necessarily that you're saying um but it's like are you and do you experience that energy on the inside does it feel like an accurate read?
0: Yes. Yes. So. Um, I think for me, the it's kind of hard to say that I focus on positivity. I know that I kind of, there's some part of me that does. Cause I'm looking to like, I, I kind of want to just see the thing. Uh, maybe that's my six wing. Like I want to see the thing for what it is. Um,
2: mm-hmm. And I
0: actively like have been burned from like being like a little bit more of a Pollyanna when I was like a kid or whatever. But even then, actually even about... then, I was reading read, Pollyanna. Like uh What
1: does
2: that mean? I
0: don't know. I don't is that a Canadian term? I'm not sure. Um it could just be. like uh goody two shoes or it's not exactly it's like gullible about the world or whatever. Um, okay, okay. But yeah, but even then, actually when I was a kid, my my journals were depressing as hell. <laughs> but But I was also always interested, and I do think I experienced great joy as well, you know? I think I experienced the spectrum of emotions. I think the sevenness of of me or whatever is that I do, I am like fixated on keeping things interesting. Like I think, for example, for this interview, um, I don't mind if it's sad. I hope you don't mind too much if it's sad. I I would mind if it was like incredibly boring, you know? That would be terrible. And I would be like wanting to die. Like it was like boring interview.
1: Oh, that's a really important distinction right there. That's really? a beautiful distinction actually. Yeah, I think. I mean, so this the conversation has emotion to it. It's sparkly, it's interesting. Yes, the content is negative, but there is yeah, motion to Sparks
0: it. Sparks flying in your brain, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's stimulating. It's a stimulating conversation. Yes. But if it were slower and more lugubrious and boring, then what?
0: I I don't know, um, I would have to exit. I would just fucking turn this off. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I like okay. So I'll tell you a little bit of a story of me. I guess being a seven or a frustration type. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, we would have to. Every once in a while, whatever. Um, when my mom was like on a religious kick, she would take us to the mosque like on Fridays, and we would like listen to religious lectures and all that stuff. And like, mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong with them, you know. Um, they were super, you know, I don't know, just regular stuff that you probably would experience in like Sunday school or whatever. Just like, oh, be a good person, and then like stories stories about the prophet and whatever. Um, sure. It's just incredibly boring. It's incredibly, incredibly boring. And I remember literally sobbing, you know, like, like crying in the bathroom. Um, and I, you know, I, I forced her, like, not like, I really begged her and forced her not to like, make me go to that ever again. Um, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, like I've experienced stuff on the opposite side of the spectrum, like just hearing, like, um, like I remember I had this one aunt who's like kind of crazy. Um, and she would, like, I had to stay with her for, um, like a summer or something she would just like listen to this fucking all this shit about like how you're gonna burn in hell and it's like super vivid and it's like I was I remember being scared (laughs) I remember all that but I kind of like low-key was enjoying it (laughs) because it's like I was like it's scaring me it's giving me nightmares I'm having anxiety but like that's like I didn't have like that huge like emotional reaction of like I need to get the fuck out of here like please never send me here again more it was more like Mm -hmm. like this is people are insane like that was that was kind of the vibe um so I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. like an interesting or like whatever a distinction that makes sense to you but yeah
1: yeah. well it's a really it's a beautiful and important one I think and I'll Mm -hmm. put some other framing on it I think you know a lot of times the seven is taught in terms of avoiding negativity and that's partly what we've been talking about but it's kind of not exactly that it's something different it's like that feeling of being it's being trapped like having to sit and listen to boring stories and Mm -hmm. the the reaction that you had to that like begging your mom please never take me there again i never want to Mm -hmm. do that again that's Mm -hmm. i mean i can feel the meanwhile
0: i'm like totally down to hear like the story about like freaking iron being melted and then being poured into your ears because you listen to music like this my fucking crazy aunt like i'm totally down with that <laughs> like this is kind of metal yeah. but like i don't i don't want to hear the same freaking lecture every week like i'm gonna i'm on the break sure. <laughs> yeah
1: well there's two things about that one is that the the story of hellfire and brimstone is is interesting exi- exciting stimulating and it's um it's something to uh, it's it's engaging, something to play around with, mm-hmm. um, and it's not really touching you. Like it's not, it doesn't seem to me <clears throat> that those stories felt. I don't know. I mean, well, you tell me. Were they? Uh, my sense of you telling of that story is that it didn't feel like the threat of hellfire and brimstone was personal to you, like it wasn't immediate in the moment like, oh, I'm going to be punished or something like that.
0: Um, I actually would Ver- disagree. Like I, I I did have okay. like a lot of religious anxiety. Like I did.
1: Oh, I, did I see. That. Okay. You did. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's let what me, I mean. Like l- it was actively hurting me and I was still like kind of cool with it. Yeah.
1: Interesting. That's interesting. The, let me paint just by contrast, the distinction about, so between that versus sitting in, in the same boring stories week after week, mm-hmm. like, the actual experience in a somatic way of like you being in a room like with nothing to do, like there's nothing to play with. There's no, there's nothing interesting going on and you are fundamentally trapped there for the duration of time that your mom is making you be there. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that produces in you a more powerful allergic reaction.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm
1: you know it's like a different level of existential terror and it brings it brings me to um my personal names for the types are the seeker of something like i call the 3 mm-hmm. the value seeker and my my word for the 7 is the freedom seeker and mm-hmm. the the what i'm trying to do there is use a name for like the essential quality of, of that type and freedom I arrived at only after I tried words like the joy seeker, the delight seeker, things like that. And Mm -hmm. it just seems to me that freedom is a more accurate term or it's pointing, it's pointing to this, this thing that we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. It's not that it's not, it's not that your your allergy isn't activated by negative stories. It's activated by experiences that feel like they're not going to go anywhere, that they're going to, they're stale. They're going to be, you're going to be trapped here forever. It's not going to have an end, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Does that feel right to you?
0: It does feel right. It does feel right. Um, And now that I'm thinking about this more, this is actually a story me and my best friend have in common. um, The one who's a five. She also has like Mm -hmm. a story of like, you know, going to church and, you know, like being so bored. She, she cried. (laughs) She, she was like, I I really don't (laughs) want to go back. You know? Uh Um, So I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wonder if it's just like, Six, sixers are able, because like all head types, I think we truly do live in our minds, you know, and the way I envision my mind is like whatever sparks going off or like, I don't know, mental masturbation is a good, whatever, um, like, um, you know, phrasing for it. And I think fives is just a lot more deep, like just they're deep wells. Um, I think sixes are the ones who are like, actually know what's going on. Like I'm reading um, the autobiography of Malcolm X, who I believe is a six. Do you, you know
1: yep, yeah, sure? yeah, I think I, so. I believe he's yeah so
0: he's a six and the one thing I'm so like it's it's a great book, of course, but like one thing I'm so um, you know impressed by with sixes is, is just like how in tune they are with what's going on with them. Um, and it's just like I, I do kind of feel like a little bit cut off from from what's like not like a five because fives are a withdrawn type um, and they're so individuated. But I think with seven, it's just like, like I'm on my own different roller coaster. You know what I mean? Like I'm not exactly, I don't really know what's going on. So for example, with that, um, that example with just going to you know, the mosque or the church or whatever, it's like, I, like I'm, I'm, I, I depend on my mind to escape. And if you're not stimulating me, like I don't know what to do. Whereas a six is able to engage with whatever's going on and have some kind of opinion um, and be a little bit more tuned in. That that would be my guess,
1: yeah. That's a really cool distinction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that actually, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna log that one away to think about later because mm-hmm. I do notice. I'm always amazed how sixes are willing and able to engage with whatever the conversation is, yes. and they have things to say about it. You know, and they're willing to yes. just jump in and whatever's in. That's that's fascinating. To say yeah and you're right. There's a sense of sevens. It's like, well, if this conversation isn't doing it for me, then
0: I I'm, I'm out of here yeah. or yeah. 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 And then that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. with sixes, right? Cause their entire thing is, I mean, they have this quality of like really questioning like authority and what's like, what is being taught and whatever, like, this isn't, this is wrong because you're swaying mm-hmm. people this way. It's because they themselves are kind of like, they have, they're responsible to, engage with whatever is going up on whatever um
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: in their environment um and they're attaching mentally you know just that's
1: this is an amazing yeah attachment versus frustration in the mental center like mm-hmm. that's that's what that just was that's a really cool distinction yeah yeah um let me just pause and take a breath here i'll say one other thing actually
2: mm-hmm.
1: my experience of myself in this conversation with you is that um kind of like in the conversation i had with Jess the 5 mm-hmm. there's a way that i can feel my inner location moving up into my head like this is a oh. this is a this is a conversation in which i am engaging somewhat symbolically and so i'm just taking a moment to kind of breathe back into my body here
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, can can we come back to the, the metabolizing negativity piece Mm
2: -hmm.
1: of the seven Mm -hmm. and just talk about like, do you have an example of something that you needed to metabolize and, either didn't or eventually did. And that just the process of that for you, what that was like, why it was hard, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, okay. I'll, I'll share. Um, I think something that happened like, um, like around 19 or 20, like I had like a huge, like depressive episode and I've like, kind of been a downer always, but like, I've never actually experienced like real depression. I think that was my Mm -hmm. first experience with it when I was 19 and looking back thinking about the causes of that why that happened it's very quite bizarre because at that point like my life was going pretty good like um for once like there was nothing like super bad happening um mm-hmm. not to say that my life was like full of strife and depression like i, I don't, I don't want to go too far with that but like i i did experience like a lot of challenges when i was younger just with seeing negativity that was surrounding other people um and just like if you, if you think seven is kind of like wanting to escape hardship, I think I was not in a situation that would really help that out. Like I was, I was, um, surrounded by a bunch of hardship. Um, so how do I talk about this? Um, yeah, so basically I think when I was like 11, um, or 12, we moved into this neighborhood while my mom was like saving up for her first business. Um, that was like kind of, it's like kind of poor or whatever and we went to the school where it was like half poor kids, half rich kids cuz of just the area um mm-hmm. and i guess that was my first like introduction to just like fucking how unfair life is cuz even though i was living there um i had a lot of privileges because obviously my mom was just there to like save money so it's, we were like kind of we were living um below our needs and stuff so we were like safe and all mm-hmm. that stuff and i knew that one point we would leave and just But then you see, seeing everyone else and just like, I don't know, it just seems like a lot of people are dealt like a really fucking hard hand in life. Just, I don't know. Um, It's not fair. (laughs) Um, And I think the way I dealt with that when I was younger is I just totally kind of tried to ignore it um, or reframe it so much so that um i wasn't prepared for the future um the future consequences Mm -hmm. of basically the stuff that was happening with my friends lives um and so how do i get deeper with this um i don't know we just grew up i ended up moving we whatever moved to the suburbs she started her business whatever um and like a bunch of the kids i grew up with Started going to jail. I think one kid I went to junior high with got freaking knifed. Um, this mm-hmm. other kid was like a standby. He was he was standing by. Whatever. He he was put to jail. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like some racial profiling there, or whatever, because he wasn't even the fucking kid, guy who stabbed him. Um, he was just like a passerby, and he was the only one who got to jail. The other kids, again, were from the richer side of the neighborhood, and I think their parents just b- bought them a fucking plane to Costa Rica, and they were like, I don't know. They escaped the law because they had money. Um, and, and just like even stuff with my household, like there's like a lot of mental health issues with people and I wasn't really like I, I straight up was like not even really like believing in that. I um, think that's kind of where the conspiracy theory of, of seven comes in and stuff. I'm like, I don't really who's to say like bipolars a thing or like schizophrenia. I don't, I don't know if that's a real thing or whatever. But anyway, um, so, by the time I got older, obviously I had spent so much time building up this image of what everyone's life is going to turn out to be. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it didn't pan out like obviously. And so what the, you fuck had a vision of
1: pot. You had a seven ish vision of positive outcomes for everyone else.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I just thought things were going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. um, and it was just, it goes back to that procrastinating like sadness, you know, so mm-hmm. much effort and so much time like building this. It's like, cause it's not just like said it like, you know, whatever. It's just like, and it's not like purely just delusional where like, everything's going to be fine. But it's, it's also just like kind of thinking about all the ways that it could be fine. Like, Oh, if they make this thing and they could do this, and then they have this opportunity and they're kind of good at this. And so they could go this way. Um, and, I don't know, and having none of that pan out, like, you spend so much fucking man hours doing that, um, so much time, like, having the blinders on, and then just, like, just everything just getting decimated. Um, just made me really depressed about the state of the world, just in general. Um, I don't know if the world's any harder than it was in its entire history, you know, but just, like, I think life, just in general, is, is quite negative, um, and it's not fair, you know. So yeah, I think that was my first time like fully like sinking into that feeling. Um, And maybe the seven part actually catastrophize things a little bit more. Um, I've thought about that that a few times. So just doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like I can handle like my subjective experience. It just feels like I personally can handle things sometimes um, the way that they are. And I just would rather put like I don't know some kind of spin to it. Um, so yeah, after that, I don't. I don't think that I have that habit as much anymore. But yeah,
2: that's so. I,
0: I, yeah, I hope that was a good enough story. <laughs> it was quite like long and like meandering, but
1: well, it was really evocative from a certain point of view. I mean, it, you. I love this piece of you had you you were holding internally a vision of how everyone else's life was going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. And, and that vision got disappointed. Mm-hmm. And um, the reality was that it didn't turn out well for everyone. And, you know, some people went to jail, some people got knived, some people just didn't fulfill their dreams, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm hearing a kind of just fundamental grief about that. And the, so I guess my question is what I hear you acknowledging that the your your fantasy and the reality didn't match up but what helped you face the truth of it or process the feeling that came up around it and where are you at with I it? Think, now?
0: Yeah, so I think the feeling is just like the core wound of seven, right? It's just like this feeling of being trapped, um being trapped in life, mm-hmm. whatever, because If you kind of get to the core thing about that story, it's just, it's just, um, I think it was just, I just had a tidal wave of thinking of like realizing that, you know, I thought that we had infinite possibilities, but actually like we are, there are ways that we're limited, you know? Um, and yeah, things are whatever, things are not as open or free as I would like them to be. Um, and that's just going to be the situation for a lot of people. And yeah, um, and the way I got through it, I think, I think I just kind of stopped doing that as much, you know, um, I started mm-hmm. seeing it as like, as a negative thing that it was, you know, because I, I did a lot of that stuff to kind of survive, or, or in my point of view, whatever, to, to survive um, sad stuff that I was seeing, and I was personally experiencing. But I realized that that was like a false narrative. Like I, I, I think I could have, sixes six survive childhood, you know what I mean? And they're not doing like the rose colored glasses thing. Um, like all the negative types survive childhood um, or whatever, or survive hardship, have resilience, you know? And with something that's essential to all human beings, like we, we do have resilience. We don't need to have um, our personality type going all the time in order to survive life or um i don't know make it we can actually just relax and realize yes it is what it is but you also don't need to exactly you don't need to do so much reframing for, for you to um deal with what is yeah
1: yeah well so i mean i guess i want to get a little rubber meets the road like you were depressed mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the age of 1920 mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um And did you, like, did you see a therapist or did you, did you talk to people or did you have some kind of way of confronting it in, uh, I guess maybe like a formal way, or was it just your own inner processing of meeting Uh, reality face on without reframing it?
0: I was, I definitely, I, I probably should have gone to therapy. Um, And I was scared to talk to people about it because I'm also, I I also don't like bringing, like it's easy for me to talk about things. So maybe this is a positive positive outlook kind of thing. It's easy for me to talk Mm -hmm. about negative things when they're like not currently happening. Like when I'm at, like after the thing is done and when I'm not like in the experience, it's easier. It's Cause I guess it's like more of a mental thing, you know? It's like, oh, that was that, Mm -hmm. and you know, this is how I got out of it. So I definitely didn't Mm -hmm. tell anybody, I don't think. Um, Not until a lot later. but sure. how did I get out of it? I think I think I really leaned on my secondary nine. Um, I leaned into spirituality, like I came back to that. I, I had I was like weirdly religious as a child, um, like I did definitely believe in God and religious in that like I don't know if I was really good at doctrine or anything. I don't I don't think I read anything, but I just had my own vibe of like oh God's watching me and I and I should be a good person. So I kind of leaned back into reconnecting with spirituality um, reconnecting with the idea that um, that there's a lot of pain in life but there's still beauty in it um, despite the pain and it's actually it's actually by trying to make everything better um, you're actually just like flattening things out um, I did a lot of journaling um, and yeah. It was a slow thing. I, I, I don't know. I think it was just like a combination of a bunch of shit. Um, mm-hmm. Forcing myself to take walks, forcing myself to like, I did do like a lot of seven, seven things. And in, in that, like, I got like, obsessed with wellness, like listening to all the podcasts or whatever. Um, after I went through like the freaking Darth Vader depression, like, you know, where there's like, oh, and then also just realizing that my mind was creating it all like, One thing that I was afraid of, actually, this might be something to do with being a seven, is that when I got very depressed, I realized I'm like, dude, I'm having the same like four thoughts all day running on a loop and they're Mm -hmm. all sad, you know? Um, and that was the first time I realized that like, I can't actually trust my own thoughts, you know, which might be a scary thing for everyone, but maybe especially for a head type, um. Mm -hmm. And I just actually had to just do things that I thought would make me feel better and kind of ignore what was going on, um, abandon mm-hmm. it, and just stop trying to think my way out of it because my thinking was failing me, you know, just in yeah. the same loop. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I don't know if this is too much of a stretch to connect this, but mm-hmm. it almost feels like that's pulling in the seven as an assertive type there. Like, well um i'm just gonna go do something now you know to Mm -hmm. to what to get out of this or to but like this some energy gets summoned from within to do and like if i were if i were watching you during that time like what would i have noticed you doing
0: um, I went from like catatonic depression into like a party girl phase, so you would you would see that little okay. you'd see that shift a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. And yeah. then um, just and then whatever I had a granola stage, whatever, just trying on different identities and ways of being. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. So. You'd see, you see, I think in the beginning it was just a lot of just me forcing myself to go on walks. I did a lot of volunteering. That's how I ended up getting into the field. Like I'm, I'm in now, whatever. I volunteered at a thousand different places because volunteering does make you feel better. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, just, just trying to force myself. I, actually, there was a lot of doing happening because I realized that if I, um, if I fill up my space with a bunch of shit and it doesn't even have to be um I sh- I don't even need to be enjoying it like I take I took that off the table because it was like really I, I couldn't feel fucking nothing I was like numb um I don't have mm-hmm. to enjoy it but I have to like actually just like do it so I sp- there was a there was a good stretch of time l- where um like every fucking whatever stretch of time was like counted for like I had something to do you know
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: you know well, I have, I have one question. What's it like sharing the story of your depression and the whole thing of it? Does is, are there any emotions that come up for you right now, well, actually, or in the telling of it?
0: I I feel the awkwardness of my heart last because I'm like, dude, this is like the worst time in my life. And I just like having a hard time, like I don't know, um, like actually feeling the emotion. Like I, I do know when it. I, yeah. uh-huh. yes, like when I got out yeah. of it, like it was a very transcendent or when I like the, when I kind of realized like I'm actually starting to get better. Like that was a very transcendent mm-hmm. and emotional time for me. And I was very healing and whatever um, opened up my idea of life. Um, but I also just, I feel like, oh my gosh, like I can't talk about it without making it like monotone. <laughs> just like very like, this is what happened. Da-da-da. I don't know. So I guess, mm-hmm. How I feel is like maybe a, a certain level of discomfort,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't mean to be in whatever way about this, but like, how do you wh- how do you act? How do you know that you're uncomfortable? What does it mean to be uncomfortable? How do you, what are you experiencing?
0: Um, so the hard types kind of deal with shame, right? And mm-hmm. I kind of only ever feel the three influence when it comes to the shame part, which is just like, oh Mm. my gosh, like, how did I get out of this? Like, um, or is this like a, is this like a, uh, am I, am I being too, I don't know, fucking emo in this interview? (laughs) Like, um, or I don't know, just a certain level of just like, um, like, I don't know. I I don't know how to describe it. So it's a struggle. Um, Sure. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I mean, this is uh, sort of self-reflective in a maybe symbolic way. Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience of you when you were telling that story was like I could feel a... So on the one level, there were the words you were sharing and in the, in the narrative thread. Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience of your energy was, it was on the one hand searching for the memories and trying to put them together. But there was a kind of like... I'm going to use the word, uh, jitteriness or something like that, or like, a, um yeah. 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 Um, does that resonate with you the way that you experienced it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just at I, the body level, man, you know, this is a good, this is a good conversation because earlier on, we were talking about that feeling of just like whatever being in, so incredibly unstimulated that you know Mm -hmm. being brought to tears and like Mm you just like i have to run away from this that was like Mm -hmm. my entire life at that that um whatever point in my life you know um Mm -hmm. the whole thing was just like me trying to like run out of my beingness and just Mm -hmm. fucking feeling trapped in like a meat suit um and so it's just like, it's kind of like ghosts of, of like Christmas past. I don't, I don't know, not the right thing, but like, yeah, it's just like a ghostly hour of my life. I'm like, Oh, that, those times, like, yeah. Right. So I guess it does make me feel jittery. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Right. 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 And I just, uh, I wonder underneath that jitteriness is the, is potentially that authentic feeling of the story that, you were searching for in the in the telling of the story or were kind of self-conscious that you weren't feeling maybe you know what i'm saying yeah
0: yeah i know what you're saying um yeah i guess underneath the jitteriness um it's just like oh gosh it's just so devastating um i just feel i feel bad you know um i feel i felt i feel bad looking back and seeing the stark contrast between what I was before that period of time, um, all that led up to that, whatever. And, the, and the reasons why I felt I needed to have like this intense, like, like I, I wouldn't say it, maybe not as far as like fantasy world, but like bordering on that. You know what I mean? Like why was my imagination like so hyper drive in order for me to deal with shit um, and like trying to think of yeah. like reasons why or whatever. And then just seeing like how freaking fast I fell. Um, into that place, and how scared I was, um being mm-hmm. stuck, whatever in that place, right. mm-hmm. yeah, it's just so it was like very, very scary, yeah
1: yeah, I feel it, and what what strikes me about that whole thing, there are so many dimensions of your life and your story, but this particular thread of growing up the way you did, being at that school, experiencing the or just seeing. With clarity Mm -hmm. the unfairness of Mm -hmm. things and um and then having your fantasy of things working out just not match the reality of as time went on you realize that you know things weren't working out for people Mm -hmm. um that whole thing feels like a form of it brought you in contact with a kind of suffering that has in a sense defined your life trajectory You know, I mean, there's a depth to it. And I mean this in a, I'm actually mean this in a complimentary way, like a beautiful way. This is, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of like doing what you do now and, and moving into volunteer work and now community work and Mm -hmm. local politics. Like Mm -hmm. that, I mean, this is me, maybe as a social type kind of braiding the threads together, but um, it feels like there's this really powerful undercurrent that is going under your life here does that feel right to you
0: it does it does feel right because i think when you when you try to be a little bit more practical about things like the way you improve people's lives is not like it's not like going after the individual you kind of have to change things structurally mm-hmm. and slowly um and so yeah. that is why i got really addicted to volunteering because i could see that I was changing things in people's lives um Mm
2: -hmm.
0: without having to like I don't know like just in a small humble way you know and that's something that I keep reminding myself um to get back onto. like do things in a humble way um slow and steady whatever um Uh so I don't I don't want to be apathetic you know I, I think there's something between like being a complete idealist because i see that swing in a lot of people i don't think it's just evans like people being complete idealists whatever and then swinging way hard into nihilism and just like yeah whatever fuck everything but there's a sweet middle right um yeah and so i i definitely think that that awakened that in me um and i could see that it would heal me um and that it was like honest it's like an honest try at bringing positivity or whatever um instead of yeah. just like, you know. No.
1: I love that phrase. An honest try at bringing yes. positivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I also just want that. I loved um addicted to volunteering. That phrase stood out to me. Oh Was... yeah.
0: Cause I was supposed to go to one thing. Um, and then I just like kept, cause I, cause like I said, like I definitely, definitely still have my personality type. You know what I mean? It's like excess, whatever. But like, I was supposed to just like do um, one thing. And I think I was at one community meeting. And again, it was the same thing. Everyone, it was, um, it was a group of youths, whatever people um, around my age at the time. I was 20, 19, um, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. younger. And then we all went in a circle and just like basically fucking like the story of your life like but the highlight reel is like every bad thing that's ever happened to you I just fucking i was like so like oh my god like i want to fucking get out of here fuck um but mm-hmm. i ended up connecting with somebody at the same volunteering um you know thing and then we're like oh what about if we do like a joint kind of like event where we, this is kind of seven, I guess. Yeah. It's very seven and a joint event where we bring both of the cultures of people who are in this group and we celebrate mm -hmm. by doing this cultural exchange. We'll like paint something. We'll, you know, we'll just do some cool stuff. Yeah. And then that ended up snowballing and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um,
1: Yeah. And and that event was, that was, was the, um, I remember you told me that story before it was basically like you were experiencing all this frustration and suffering and you're like well let's just do let's do something that's positive and celebratory that brings these cultures together is Mm -hmm. my that was my understanding yeah so just giving context yeah yeah and that snowballed into yeah
0: it it became like an organization and then you know it got it got Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger and then i left for frustration reasons (laughs) because i'm like it's not enough. Like it's not, it's not big enough, whatever. So, you know, I I handed it Mm -hmm. off to my, my, the co-founder, but yeah, it was, that trajectory definitely started because of all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, um, how are you feeling right this moment?
0: Um, again, I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm, um, I feel weirdly vulnerable still, (laughs) But yep. yeah, I feel I think
2: okay, yeah
1: yeah, um i I wonder about the last half hour of our conversation mm-hmm. if if this uh, i'm I'm conscious of potentially this last half hour having been in territory that is otherwise mostly kind of skimmed over by motion and reframing and positive seven stuff and mm-hmm. um so i just I, what's it been like for you to be in this conversation and also is that true do, is I my think sense it's true,
0: true. I, I think it's yeah. true I, what i'm like thinking of right now is that it's kind of weird because i do think about this stuff quite a lot you know um mm-hmm. but i don't know why talking about it is so much weirder you know? <laughs> or actually even just like you doing the hard reframing oh. stuff it does mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah um yeah it's yeah it's it's a uh, it's definitely vulnerable yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: um thank you for being willing to do this and for going here with me it's really beautiful to see you know i i experience a lot of depth in you and it's a, it's very cool how it's it's not just the stereotype of seven is being kind of um, I don't know, skimming the surface and stuff, but like this, mm-hmm. I have a real sense of the the soul of the seven here, like the transformation of suffering into action towards positivity, and um, just what you're doing and what you've done for your own processing, and also the contribution you're making to the world through your work. Um, mm-hmm. It's very beautiful to me. So thanks for sharing all that.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking. This is good processing for me. I'm like oh gosh, I have to get to figure out a way to like not be so uncomfortable talking about it. I'm like
2: <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Um is there anything else that you want to share? Um, before we close?
0: Um I don't think thoughts? so. Uh, my final thoughts, I, I really this is very enjoyable experience. Like I definitely was afraid in the beginning, you know, I, I think I told mm-hmm. you it's like, um, being on a job interview. Definitely yeah. like, I have to represent the type. Sure. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah. Huh.
0: But, um, hopefully I, I can't, I can't say that I represented sevens well, but I, I can say that I, I, I think that the two of us talking, um, I discovered more things about being a seven through our conversation. So I find that quite nourishing. Um, and yeah i really enjoyed this this was fun
1: same yeah thank you very much
2: okay